This is a GRDC podcast. Farmers have lots of decisions to make through the year, but some, of course, are made for them by the weather and the plant variety being grown. I'm talking here about crop performance in any given year in any given set of circumstances. G'day, I'm Chris Brown. Performance equals yield, and yield is determined in quite a small time frame in the plant's life, as no doubt you know. But Professor Victor Sadris from the South Australian Research and Development Institute has set out to understand more deeply this critical window in crop growth, especially the effect of elevated temperatures on yield. One of the first things he looked at was the difference between grain weight and grain number when it comes to yield. The main difference is if you're looking at the difference in yield of 10-20%, it could be either grain number or grain weight. But if we're talking about doubling yield, say from two to four tons, from three to six, from four to eight, that sort of variation is always related to grain number. That's why grain number is a more important source of variation. We call it source of variation, which means if you look at wheat, for example, from failed crop to potential 15 tons per hectare, over that range, 80% of the variation is grain number. And is that what is most influenced by heat, stress, and and cold stress for that matter? It is. There are uh, what we call critical periods. So for example, for cereals, the most critical period when the crop is more sensitive to heat, drought, frost, is somewhere between two or three weeks before flowering to 10 days after flowering. Instead for pulses and, and canola, the critical period is probably two weeks after flowering. So it's slightly different. When you say critical period, that's when they're less likely to be harmed or more likely? More likely to be harmed. So if you have, think of that as a window. For example, with 30 days before flowering, 10 days after flowering, that's a window. If you have heat, frost, drought, anything that upsets the crop, that's the period when the crop is going to be more responsive. Okay. So just tell me those critical periods again mm-hmm. for cereals and pulses. For cereals, it's probably late stem elongation booting to 10 days after flowering. For pulses and canola, it's probably 10 days to two weeks after flowering for a couple of weeks. What influences those critical periods? The drivers of the critical yes. periods. It's yeah. essentially a crop property. It doesn't depend on soil or weather or management. So. It depends on the crop species, and that's why it's fixed for cereals. Those windows, I say, and for pulses and canola is slightly after flowering. It doesn't change with the environment. But they do vary in terms of how long the window is Exactly. Open. The length varies, and it varies mostly with temperature. So if you have high temperature, doesn't need to be stress. Say, if you increase temperature from 20 to 22 degrees with late sowing, the crop is not stressed, but the critical window is shortened and that would carry a penalty on yield. Mm. That's why you have an average yield of whatever, three, four tons in South Australia or a bit more here, but in the UK or New Zealand, you could have 10 tons or more. The main difference is they have milder temperatures and the critical period is longer, and that's what drives the yield potential. How severe is a minor increases in temperature in terms of yield? 
what sort of impact? The rates are not fixed, but the range is between 0.3 and 0.6 tons per degree in the critical period. So if you increase from 20 to 26 degrees mean temperature in the critical period, you could expect a yield loss in that range, 0.3 to 0.6 tons per hectare per degree. So each degree that increases, that's the penalty. That's really significant. It that's is significant. It's significant. Yeah. Yeah. What about frost? You can either get a really bad frost, I suppose, mm -hmm. or, a, or a light frost. Have you done any work there? Frost is different. So frost and heat at the critical stages, they are more, uh, more dramatic. So you could see sterility. They upset the reproduction of the crop. The losses could be much higher and it, the loss could be complete. In some cases, a frost can wipe out the crop. But those events are extreme and they are uh, less frequent. Well, talking of extreme events, you, you sort of liken heat events to a car accident or a plane accident. Yes, yes. Explain yeah. what you mean there. Yes. So if you have frost or heat at the wrong time, you could have a huge loss. That's on your face. You could see the crop fail. That's like a plane crash. It's many casualties, very extreme, very dramatic. But they're not common. Instead, that non-stressful effect of high temperature from 20 to 22 to 24, they apply year in, year out. They are more like car accidents. You don't see the effect in terms of casualties, but when you add up through time, it's much worse. Yeah. yeah so the tally, the tally is, is higher. It depends on the environment though, but to generalize, I would say that that sort of uh, mild increase in temperature that you get with climate change, for example, is recurrent. Are there ways that farmers can plan for or mitigate these sort of heat events in that critical period? Yes, and they, they are aware of that. So that there are not many tools, but the two more important tools are the combination of sowing date and variety. And there's a lot of work being done in that area, mostly in wheat. There's a little bit in canola and we're starting to do that work on pulses. So the idea is for this location, what's the probability of having frost or heat if I plant early May, mid-May, late May, a short season or a long season variety. And for that, what we do is experiments and uh, a bit of modeling as well, because extreme events are rare. So you need a long climate record, say 50 years of records, to calculate probabilities. Yeah. Of, mm. and which raises another interesting question because you did talk about is there such a thing as optimal timing mm -hmm. in terms of planting crops? I suppose you made the point that optimal means different things to different people. Exactly. And you could calculate an optimum on, on paper or with a computer, but in the real world there are three or four reasons why you cannot get the optimum. It's not just semantics, it's a matter of mindset. If you think of optimum, it's like there is only one way to farm, but there are many. And if you look around neighbors with same soil rainfall and so forth, they could be very successful with very different approaches to risk. So I'm, I'm trying to, in a way, challenge this idea that there is a, an optimum practice. Your presentation was really interesting, Victor, and you've obviously done a lot of work in this area. What's your take-home message then in terms of the work that you've been doing? The take-home message is to invite people to reflect on how much emphasis do we place in grain filling, which is important, and how much weight do we put in a grain number. 
getting your your grain number because that's what what's going to get you to significant yield improvements. Grain number is more important than grain weight and grain number is set in a critical period that depends on the crop. So the management should look at three things. One is high growth rate in the critical period, two, a long critical period, and three, easier said than done, it's a critical period that's free of stress. Professor Victor Sadras from Saadi laying out some management options for you in the event of a hot finish. My name is Chris Brown. Thank you.